Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website, linked in the show notes, to learn more. I don't know about you, but for me, this is the time of year when time itself is on my mind. It's that time of year that some call the holiday season, that time that begins with Halloween, which is also for us All Saints and All Souls Days, as we celebrated last week and last Sunday, that time when Thanksgiving is just right around the corner, even as many of us would just as soon skip it and get right to Christmas, which is, by the way, still a few weeks out, but wish it would just hurry up and get here. Yes, time is on the mind, but perhaps most of all, because daylight saving time is out and standard time is back in swing, even if our kids and our pets didn't get the memo, yes, time is on the mind. The holidays are here. Got to stay ahead of it or you'll be behind. That time of year where as much, if not more than any other, Some of us put things off because we don't want to deal with that right now, while others of us rush to get to the next things without stopping to smell the roses along the way. But no matter what, the clock keeps ticking and time moves just the same. If you've ever read or watched any adaptation of Peter Pan, then you'll perhaps remember Captain Hook's greatest fear, perhaps something you fear too, tick-tock. No, not the popular social media app. You might be afraid of that too, but tick-tock, the crocodile. As the story goes, Peter Pan once fed Captain Hook's hand to the monstrously large tick-tock, the croc, and It liked it so much that Hook became his favorite prey. It is also said that TikTok once swallowed an alarm clock, which is what gave him his name. So, Hook became terrified of the TikTok of any clock because it meant that his time could be up. And yet, it was the tick of that clock that gave him sufficient warning and time to prepare. While the fictional Hook's fear of clocks is the stuff of storybooks and movies, dare I say, some of us may be just as afraid of the sound of the ticking clock, a sound that for some can paralyze into procrastination, while for others spring them into a needless frenzied rush. The former was all too familiar to even one of the greatest theologians of church history, St. Augustine of Hippo, who once famously said, O Lord, make me good, but not yet. (laughs) I'm sure you know what I mean. Rushing to get ready for something either because you're so excited that you want to race to get to it, or rushing to get ready because you didn't leave yourself enough time to prepare. 
Both of these reactions can get us into trouble. And in today's gospel reading, it's hard to say which is at play. Here in Matthew, we hear Jesus' interesting, if not odd, parable of the ten bridesmaids, five of whom were foolish and five of whom were wise. So we know right from the beginning where this story is headed. As they all took their lamps with them to meet the bridegroom, the foolish took no extra oil with them, while the wise took with them flasks of extra oil. Oil being the fuel that kept the flame burning within the lamps, much like the candles on our altar and in our torches. Presumably, they all went expecting to meet the bridegroom. But there was a problem. The bridegroom didn't show up. The bridegroom was delayed. So they waited, and in waiting, they all fell asleep. And when the bridegroom finally came, they woke up, they trimmed their lamps, but the oil was running out. The foolish pleaded with the wise for more oil, but the wise knew there wouldn't be enough. So the foolish went to buy more, of course, but by the time they returned, it was too late. The door was shut, and the bridegroom would not open it. It's a challenging parable. The wise bridesmaids refusing to share, the bridegroom shutting the door on the foolish, what happened to loving and sharing with your neighbor? What about mercy for those who fall short? What about welcoming in those who are in need, opening your doors? And not to mention, shutting bridesmaids out of a wedding just because their lamps ran out of oil? Seems a bit severe, if not ridiculous. A punishment disproportionate to the crime. And the implication that the wise are simply good and the foolish are damned seems a bit harsh if not overly simplistic we all have the capacity to be wise and foolish sometimes it just depends on the day or the hour or the minute at least for me but lest we miss the forest for the trees we can miss the lesson Jesus is trying to teach us through this dramatic hyperbolic story, like so many of the parables. All ten of the bridesmaids knew that the bridegroom was coming. All ten went expecting, excited to meet the bridegroom. But the real wisdom of packing extra oil was that they were not only prepared for the bridegroom's arrival, they were prepared to have to wait for whenever the bridegroom arrived. And that is exactly what all the generations of faithful have had to do since Jesus rose and ascended to God, and exactly what each of us gets to do now. To prepare to wait. Hurry up and wait, as the saying goes. The waiting itself being a holy act of faith, an embodiment 
of Christian hope. At this time in our calendar and in our liturgical year, with Halloween and All Saints celebrations in our immediate rear view, the leaves truly changing now around us, crisp autumn air still punctuated by stretches of warm like this past week, and the themes of our readings pushing us towards Jesus' arrival. We have the urge to so speed our way to Christmas and celebrate Jesus' first arrival, and at the same time, so easily procrastinate, if not entirely forget, that Jesus' second coming is still something that awaits us all. Even as we will hear this theme appear repeatedly in our readings over the coming weeks, as we go through this last part of our liturgical year and into a new year of Advent, we still don't always like to talk about that second coming. And many of those that do like to talk about it often forget that about that day or time, nobody knows. Only God and God alone knows it and will determine it. But someday, that wonderful, loving, and gracious bridegroom will come. Someday, the clock will chime at its final hour. And it will be so so good. As Paul writes in his letter to the Thessalonians, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Paul may very well have expected Jesus' coming to happen a lot sooner, maybe even in his lifetime. But nevertheless, these are encouraging words. As we prepare to navigate all the busy activity of this time of year, and even as many of us prepare not only for Thanksgiving, but want to rush toward Christmas because we, can't, we just can't wait for the joy that it brings. And I can't blame you. Like Captain Hook's reaction to the sound of tick-tock the crocodile. Maybe the ticking of our old analog clocks can serve as our reminder to take the time we have to prepare. But unlike Captain Hook, we have no reason to fear the tick-tock of the clock. And we don't need fear to move us to act. Instead, by God's grace and with God's help, God implores each of us, every one of us, to take advantage of each moment to the best of our ability. Not rushing to pass the time, nor forgetting that time does not stop, but pacing ourselves all the way to the end, as if a long-distance race. Gathering together to worship God 
and in breaking the bread together, praying to God for intercessions and thanksgivings through the highs and lows of our lives, acknowledging our faults and shortcomings and asking for forgiveness from those we've wronged and from God, reading Scripture, proclaiming the good news of the gospel through what we say and what we do to a world besieged by sin. Going out each day in peace, loving and serving God, and seeing, acknowledging, and even acting in love towards our neighbors, just as we love ourselves. These are the ways that we promise to follow God through our baptismal covenant. They're how we put our faith into action to go from saying that we are Christian to being Christians. They are how we prepare for any and everything that lies ahead, whatever it may be. And they're how we prepare all the way to the very end. So, get ready. Prepare yourself. Prepare even to wait. Because chances are, you'll have to wait a while, even when we don't really want to wait any longer. But waiting is itself a holy act of faith, an embodiment of Christian hope. A hope for that greater reality that awaits us all even beyond death. The final chime of the clock. Christ's wonderful and glorious return. <laughs>